Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show, 10 years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of rye humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt. Co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedendorski somehow found his way back into the station. Welcome back, Lud. Thanks. Jesse. Did you miss us? Well, Jared did. Jared's just being polite because he's he's way more polite than Miles Bauer and I. Or just not a bully like you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have fun away? No. You got a broken wing. Yeah. What are they going to do to you? Uh, It's a surgical procedure. Lobotomy? What's that got to do with your arm? What? Lobotomy? (laughs) You can't talk about that. That was already done. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, and... You know, the, the sad part is, I'm telling you, it's the 40 switch. If you are under 40 right now, just wait. Uh, yeah, that, you know what, all jokes aside, I am teasing you, but what folks that have not crested 40 years old, they don't get it. Miles Bauer, you are an exception. You're like 75 and you're still running six miles a day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Eats a pound of bacon and drinks a 12-pack of Coke. And off on the road he goes. Yeah. I told you that story, right? Yeah. So I'm, Jared, I'm going to tell everybody else. And so, Miles, I get to compliment you for a minute. So we're talking. What are you doing, Miles? He says, well, I'm, I'm jogging. No, we're having a conversation. Usually when somebody runs. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I don't believe you. You're not running. Yeah, I am. No, you're not. So he FaceTimes me while he's jogging. He's jogging. And I can't tell. His voice is calm and collected like it is right now. How do you do that, Miles Bauer? Mm. <laughs> well, I'm just glad he yeah, does it for I, us. I, I have to be very careful. <laughs> That's a very true statement. All right, speaking of people that are not careful, cocaine found at the White House <laughs> was in the area for visitors. And I don't know why I mixed up two topics, but I can I can handle that. I was so impre- unimpressed with the story, and I don't want to do the deep dive on who done it and all of that because we aren't going to know. But I do got to ask a question about what's going on with security. Miles Bauer, you've been to the White House, correct? Yep. Lud, have you? No, I want to. Uh, listen, I have my, maybe it goes to the your youth and inexperience to, uh, that could be it. I, well, I haven't been to D.C. Last time I was in D.C. was probably like 10 years ago. Oh, that doesn't count. I, listen, here's what I'm saying. Whoever brought the cocaine in doesn't go through the normal security screening that they do for other folks. And but the but it begs the question. Forget who done it for a minute. That begs the question of how come does anyone pause and say this could have been anthrax? This could have been a lot of things. Forget the fact it was probably some educated idiot from a wealthy family that feels he or she is above the law. Forget that part. This could have been anything, Miles Bauer. What say you? You know the thing that I find interesting about this is that they they want to say this is a highly trafficked area there is no such thing in the white house as a highly trafficked area that is a gospel truth and so this is i mean cover i mean i i i completely agree back in the 1800s anybody could come and go in the white house but but that was a while back (laughs) it's not that way that's that is a for certainty the last time mike ran 
What's that now? It was the last time Mike ran. That's probably true. <laughs> I'm not going to deny that, folks. I am not going to be chasing miles down the street. Listen, you you did not get this in the White House unless you are not going through, like you said, some kind of security check, or you are doing like a keistering type thing, like a, trying to smuggle something. Yeah, I, my only point is is that I'm, you're not going to get this through the airport. No. And forget what I think of Biden as a person. The presidency of the United States is in, the, in that area. The executive branches. I and mean. That, that's a big deal now. And I, I again, I'm not hung up, folks. If you want to go sit in mama's basement and toot your life away, I don't, I, I truly, unless you're asking me to pay for it, I don't care. I'm just being honest with you. But, but th- that you can get whatever you want, any kind of contraband, that close to the Oval Office, I find that I find that incredible. I, the, I really do. It's not even just the Oval Office. This is a one of our major three branches of government. The Capitol Building, the Supreme Court, and the White House are three major branches of government. Listen, this past this past week, in fact, folks are probably largely coming back or just got home from Independence Day vacation. And so I, I got to ask you, because I did a lot of stewing on this topic over Independence Week, week me, because we're talking about I'm old. I'm 62, folks. So you get to different stages of your life and you do some reflection. When was the best kind of thing? And I look back, Miles, you are old enough of Jared and Ludden, you and I, to remember what I'm going to describe. And that's that when we had the bicentennial 1976 anniversary of our independence, the culture was so different then. You had CBS doing, you know, 200 years ago today, and they'd quote some story or they, they would tell a story, a brief. It was feature length, like two or three minutes. But it was, it, was, it, was, it was a patriotic story from CBS. Get your head around that for a minute. And folks felt good about being an American. Not, not by the way, not just the few flag wavers on the right. Americans felt good about being an American. And so when I look back at my life and say, and now I was a young teenager then, in fact, Miles, that was the year before you and I met. So I'm, I'm talking about we were kids. But when I look back and say, when was it? When, when did we steer off the path? To Folks, I believe we've steered off the path. That's my earnest belief. But there was a time, in fact, we're going to talk about the media um, t- towards the backside of the show today, just a little bit, but I got to touch it here. I can't help myself. All of the networks at the time, three, were proud to be American. They were constitutional supporters. And, and people will push back, yeah, but Mike, that was special. It was a bicentennial. Yeah, okay, I get that part. That's where the historic reference comes through from C- CBS. But folks felt good about it. You didn't, you couldn't tell, you couldn't tell uh, partisanship by who had or did not have a U.S. flag in their yard. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. Yeah, do you see a flag now and, and kind of automatically assume they're oh, Republican? There's a, there's a right winger. Yeah. It's, Whether it's, they're a Republican or not, it's a separate issue. Well, when I say Republican, I'm talking about right wing, left wing. And, and speaking of partisanship, at the bottom of the hour, folks, I'm going to do a little bit of a deep dive on the the state of the Republican Party in purple states because I think it's a huge topic that, for whatever reason, people are afraid to dive into. Uh, we aren't. So are we so involved in symbolism that a flag yes. is what identifies you? Because if you see a Confederate flag, what's your first thought? I, tell me. I think for most people, they're like, racist. 
But because they've been conditioned to believe that. I knew. Listen, I, I love arguing with progressives on that point. But that's where I'm going with this: is that we've taken these ideas of what we see as a flag as Jaredite generation. That's a racist. American flag. That's now a right wing. A rainbow flag. That's now a left wing. That's the that's the that's the opposite of the American flag. Yeah, but I'm so old. I think gay is happy. Yeah, you, being gay. I like rainbow stuff. They wrote songs about how gay people were. Yeah, what's and it had nothing nothing to do with sex. In the Flintstones, it says "Have a gay old time." Yeah, it means happy. But we've gotten so involved in that in that uh, symbolism. It's pretty crazy that what your flag is almost identifies who you are in your thinking of the country now. So Joy Reid says she didn't go out on 4th of July because, her words, because America is awash with guns, as Philly demands a ban on guns. I, I listen, every, and I only bring that up right at that point because you're right. Everything has been steeped in rancid ideology. We can't just disagree. Let's go vote. We voted opposite. But we don't have to F-bomb each other. Let's go have a cocktail. That, that's, that's one of the trades we've made with the media, both entertainment news and the social uh, echo chamber. That's one of the trades that I think we've unwisely made. I think we've been pushed more than we've made. And I'll, I'll ask you about that when we, when we come back, because I got a question about a good friend I have. I'm, I'm struggling with. I'm not even sure that what I you're going to have to come back on that, because I'm not sure you know no I know what you said. But listen, folks, we will be right back with that in just a couple moments. All right, Ludwig and Miles both, let me warn you another shot at the bottom of the hour. I'm going to do, remember Paul Harvey? Yeah. And he did the If I Were the Devil? Oh, I remember that. Oh, that's how I'm going to dance into this Republican I occasionally pull that up just to remind myself and see if it's still relevant. It, not, it's, it's hugely yeah. relevant. But if I were a Democrat, what would I do in the Republican Party? All right, tell us what you got re- interrupted on. So you just said we the, we... We've, the choices we've made, and I said we're probably, I think we're pushed more towards it. So, in my my world, hockey, the majority are right wing. I don't, I don't even tell me Republicans not that anymore. But by, what I know of as Republican, they're mostly Republican. And I ha- I coach a lot. So I a couple of years ago, I had this player come in for a, a mixed team for Meyer State games. Great kid, great dad, really get along great. Is that like a co-ed team? You said mixed Yeah, team? so it's all the kids in, like, District 6. Anywhere from Chelsea up to Traverse City down to the border. But boys, boys and girls playing? Yep. Okay. Yep, they have girls teams, boys yep, teams. Yep, I'm just, just making sure I get it. It's a big deal. It's kind of like our state Olympics. Okay. So it's the best kids in D6. And, and I've been coaching it. Met this family. His son's amazing. The dad's awesome. Last year, ran into him again. Great family. Great everything. This year, ran into him again. Took his son again. I'm like, hey, your son's going to play on my team. He actually picked to play for me instead of his dad, which was funny. But then I became Facebook friends with him. And I found out he was the head of the Progressive Michigan group. Right. Like one of the founders. He was just at the White House. Right. And I, I said to my wife, I said, I don't know how to do this. Tell him you hang out with Oprah. You'll be his hero. You know what the thing was? I read through some of his posts and it was Trump people are awful. These yeah. disgusting Trump people. And, all, and I thought... You're talking about me then. Miles, do you but believe But we know each other outside of that realm. Do you believe that, Miles Bauer, that Trump people are awful? 
I am a totally disgusting person. <laughs> I I had to drag you back in at that point. I'm sorry, Miles Valor. It was just perfect timing. <laughs> so here's where my I think we got pushed this way more than we've made these choices or trade-offs. Who pushed us? In my opinion, and from my experiences, is the Obama era. Um, yeah, but I think it goes back further than that. I, I, but that's for my generation. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get and, it. Because we did feel good in the 80s and 90s to be American. Even under Clinton, we still felt good. <clears throat> Into Bush, we had 9-11. We felt great. When, Somewhere along the middle of the Iraq-Afghanistan wars, boom. Yeah, part, part of it was that. But part of it also was midterms for Obama when he looked at the math. And normally the Democratic Party rested on unions. And the unions have been in free fall for three decades. Uh -huh. The numbers aren't there. And so they sat around the big conference table and said, we need to put together a new coalition. And so they brought in all of the various smaller groups. Um, and the folks have always been there, by the way. They've it's like, it's, well, it's tribalizing. Have, Miles always says. It is tribalization, and Miles is correct. But there have always been gay people. There have always been mm -hmm. transgendered people. There have always been all of these groups yeah. of people. But the Democratic Party turned them into a coalition because those numbers outflanked the union folks. And Trump was able to wisely pick up a lot of the union folks. Miles, jump in on this conversation. What say you, sir? Yeah, um... I think they want us to believe there's a lot of disharmony out out there in uh, fly, flyover country. Hating to go back a couple of weeks when Victor Davis Hanson w was on, I think he, he pointed out the idea that really it's just these globalists on each coast right. that are making us believe that the rest of the country is divided but actually uh you know fly flyover country is very traditional and is not as divided as the media wants us to believe but see that's where my conflict comes in he is very conflicted that's because true. i had this guy who's a great guy yep but this he's completely the, opposite the of me over guy. here the progressive friend yeah and Would he be your friend anymore if he knew you realized you did a conservative talk show? There's no way he doesn't. There's no way we became Facebook friends and he didn't do the same thing I did and went scrolling. No, I haven't been as political on my Facebook the last couple of years because of my profession, my coaching stuff. I haven't outside of an election period, which maybe for like a week or two. But I haven't because I'm trying to make sure I don't lose anything in that stuff. But I don't know. I don't know. And the, the concern was when I, 20 years ago, 30, 10 years ago, I didn't care. Right. But we've become where it drives you so much in who you are and who you think now that yeah. But but let me let me tell I'm you guys. Struggling with it. But let me tell you guys both what I use as a measuring rod, and that's that's the the boycott or pushback against Bud Light. Understand that first off, folks. Let me be, be crystal clear on this point. I'm not a boycott kind of person, and I don't even blame this on Bud Light. I blame it on the United Nations esg initiative yep. that was started it was put together in 1972 it became a trillion dollar entity in 2004 and i don't think it's a coincidence when you look at our cultural shifts that those two dates be considered having said that the right and miles bauer it goes to your point about flyover country they looked at that and they said okay i don't i don't care about this esg thing you keep talking about we care about that company being in our face with things we don't believe mm -hmm. And, and, and I'm, listen, I'm, I'm 
I'm still the Jeffersonian guy. I just truly don't care about that except for what I've said all along very bluntly, keep your bedroom out of the classroom. Beyond that, I don't care. That's not for my grandbabies. That's for adults. That's but everything's I believe right? that. Like, affirmative, like the affirmative action case by the Supreme Court ruling. But that's not A meritocracy new. is being pushed forward that, in certain areas. That, and Miles said that on one of your missing episodes, that meritocracy was under, I can't remember your words, Miles, but meritocracy was being overshadowed, I think is what you said. Yeah. And, and do you believe that still? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. No, this is, I mean, think what, Honestly, Mike, and you you are the guy that lives in the Whitmer Correctional <laughs> Facility. You actually remember uh, Granholm as a governor. Right. What, do you honestly believe this woman knows anything about energy? Right, but she, she doesn't matter. She's contributed significantly, and she checks most, most of the political boxes, and progressive left are vastly more concerned with with doing the, the diversity check than they are meritocracy, but it's a great example. It's the same as, it's, 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 you can love, by the way, somewhere on show notes today is me once again looking at media calling for a different, a different um, a nominee for the Democratic Party um, other than Biden. And of course, now they we're back one. to, well, they've got a couple right No, no, now. they got one that's not announced, but they got one. M- Moonbat from California. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, you know, you know what though? God bless RFK Jr. Yeah, um, he's on the list too. He is absolutely on the list today, because yeah. it, it, by the way, the media is attacking him. Think about this for a minute. They're calling Robert Kennedy Jr. right-wing conspiratorialist. I'm going seriously. Is that how far we've come? And the answer is yes. Yeah, but I will say a lot of us believe that if JFK was today, he wouldn't have been Democrat. He'd be Republican. He'd be right in the middle Modern, of yeah. the of the progressive the during the primary of 2016. I'm in Detroit, Michigan, and I'm I'm physically there watching the debate, and and John F. Kennedy would have if you put the if you get the ideological spectrum, you know the the uh, he'd have been right in the middle of that stage. He absolutely would not be a member of the new Democratic Socialist yeah, Party. Like- Paul and uh, Cruz over here on the right side, and then go all the way down to like a John Kasich on the left. But look, but and look, Kennedy somewhere in the middle. But I believe that. Listen, yeah. if you look at if you and by the way, folks, don't misunderstand me. I wasn't a big JFK fan. There were things about him that I absolutely objected to. On the other hand, he was right of Rubio. He was way right of Kasich, who, by the way, I think is a mean spirited, nasty person. And I say that from personal contact. It's here, not, here. For, forget the ideology. He's a nasty person. Here, he just, here. He just is. See? You're Miles Bauer. Yeah. Here, here. But I think that's the difference between us and, and some people maybe doing another show on the other side, is we can acknowledge the, the, the faults in our own area. Well, we're supposed to. Yeah. That's what makes us exceptional. If America is exceptional, it's the ability for you to have a relationship with a progressive leftist and go have a soda pop or a beer or whatever you guys do. Just on top of politics. But but the heck, that was in a uh, that was in a handbook from the eighteen eighties. Don't talk about politics or religion in, in polite company, folks. We've got to go to a break, but we'll be right back.
Folks, if you're just tuning in, I am Mike Hewitt, co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. Before I jump into a really big topic, I got to give you the my, my favorite thing to tell you about, and that's what uh, where we're at right now is our flagship station in beautiful Holland, Michigan, right on the shores of Lake Michigan, WHTC. 1450 AM, 99.7 FM, keeping in mind we're carried on wonderful affiliates across a number of states. We thank you affiliates for carrying us and we thank the listeners for listening to us. We genuinely feel blessed and enjoy sharing with everybody. And by the way, send us an email, tell us we're right, wrong, or what you wish we'd talk about, or agree with us, agree with us if there's ever an occasion. Miles Bauer, do you remember... Uh, Paul Harvey. Oh, yeah. So, in Ludwig, you and I briefly talked about it before showtime. Mm-hmm. Back in the mid-60s, I can't remember the year for a fact, but I think it was 66, Paul Harvey did a feature, and it was, it's, it's titled, If I Were the Devil, yep. How to Take Down the United States. So, I'm thinking about that while I'm watching what's going on in purple state Republican Party organizations. And I'll cite as a couple easy examples, although there are several. Um, Arizona is one of the two things that I'm that are I find sadly fascinating. The other is the great state of Michigan, or as Miles affectionately refers to us, what do you call it, Miles Bauer? The Whitmer Correctional Facility. (laughs) What used to be known as the great state of Michigan. Listen, I tease a little bit. I love Michigan. I've been to most of the rest of the states, and I keep coming home. Um, Having said all of that, I I stand back and look at, at that question that Paul Harvey asked about America, and I ask that same question about a state Republican Party, be it ours or Arizona's or a number of others. And I say, if I were a very well-funded progressive, what would I do to the Republican Party? And listen, folks, I think it's a critical question. Whether you agree with me, whether you're left of me or right of me or all the rest of the words that social media drives us to want to use. If you think I'm a right-wing fringe, okay, great. If you think I'm an establishment hack, Okay, great. I don't care about the labels right now. You have to pause for a minute and put your honesty hat on. Not your tinfoil hat, your honesty hat. We watched in the midterms, 2022 midterms, were the Democrat operatives, not necessarily the parties. But by the way, on that note, if you look at how Democrats fund their their um, statewide elections across the United States, uh, they're modern, and we're doing, we're still doing on the right the same campaigns that Barry Goldwater did. Get your head around that for a minute, but that's for another day. If you're sitting at the top of that big, gigantic pile of money that the progressive left has amassed with monstrous global interests, so people remember there used to be a time, Lud, maybe not for you, but Miles and I for certain, where they would depict the Republican Party as the fat cats that looked like the the banker cartoon from the Monopoly game. Mm-hmm. That's how they pictured Republicans. Yeah. And the reality of it is, is that first off, we talk about the changes in the party, but that's never been true. They're, they're taking that from the 1930s and running with it, literally. Having said that, if I'm a Democrat and I'm in the midterms and we want to win bad and we hate Donald Trump and we hate this MAGA, everything, they hate everything about folks, that are talking about America first, hate it. They don't just dislike it. They don't reject it. They hate it. 
And I'm thinking, if I'm one of those folks sitting at the top of a pile of money, what would I do? So then we watch them invest in, this is not Mike Hewitt's opinion, this is documentable. They spent hundreds of the millions of dollars in Republican primaries in purple states. So get your head around that. They spent hundreds of millions electing candidates, helping us nominate candidates, actually, that they knew that they could beat in the general. They did polling. We can beat him, we can't beat her. We can beat him, we can't. That's what they used to, to determine how they were going to do it. John Gibbs is an example. In the 3rd Congressional District of the state of Michigan that I chaired, he's a nice guy. He genuinely is. He wasn't electable. There was nobody with any kind of political experience that said, yeah, he's electable. Well, the Democrats spent $450,000 in that race alone that we can document. A lot more, but I have to add, that we can document because they wanted him to win. And that was a chair flipped after, what, 59 years or something? of Yeah, and, and everyone, yeah, 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 but, but Peter Meyer was terrible. Okay, I get it. But I would have rather had a Peter Meyer with those five votes that I passionately disagree with than somebody that I disagree with on every single vote she casts. Some of this is just math. It's just math. That district has always been, not something new, that district has always been center-right. It's a moderate district. Gerald Ford was in that in that seat. It's always been that. And by the way, folks, we can't yell about the chair. We can't yell about D.C. It's the folks in that district. It's the citizens. And I may not agree with them, but I passionately fight to defend their right to vote as they wish. That's what makes us exceptional. That's not how the Democrats see it. They spent $450,000 in one seat. They spent hundreds of millions in purple states. Does anybody think that when they got done spending that big blob of money, they just walked away? Honestly. No. Lud, do you think so? No, you don't punch them in the mouth once and go, huh, you finish it. Well, listen, they got it. They, they went right from that to a concerted effort. This is not tinfoil hat stuff, folks. The folks that are thinking, Mikey, that's all, that's all screwball stuff, I'm telling you, it's a fact, and if you do some earnest research, you'll be able to document it on your own. They didn't walk away. They've infiltrated our parties at the highest level. So yeah, I'm, but, but, yeah, but Mike, go ahead. I'm not, I'm not necessarily pushing back you, on what you, what you, you can't because what I'm saying is fact, but go ahead. Right, but don't, don't you think there was one other factor going on there? I mean, the Wicked Witch of the North, was able to redistrict the Whitmer Correctional Facility in 2020. She did that with votes. Think about yeah. that for a minute. The folks voted for this screwball system that they, and, and I agree with you, by the way, she was able to do something that I personally believe was extremely wrong for the people. Having said that, the folks voted for it. And they didn't, it wasn't like a skinny vote where people can run around with their hair on fire yelling fraud. It was an overwhelming victory. And we still had yeah. bad candidates during that election. I mean, look at Georgia, both Senate seats flipped. Take the third district that I was talking about and to Miles's point. Going into that district, into that, going into redistricting, anybody that had a poli sci hat on looked at that district and said that's three. It's plus three Republican. That's not exactly a stronghold for Republicanism. After redistricting, and it goes to Miles Bauer's point, 
it is now considered a plus three Democrat seat. That's a six percent swing. That's a big deal. And they invested crazy money into the redistricting effort. I mean, off the hook, nutcase money. And then they spent $450,000 to make sure that we got a nice man who's recognized as fringe right. Keeping in mind those folks that are yelling at the radio right now, I like him. But he's not going to win an election in that kind of district. It's just mad. Now, now a little pushback to the redistricting thing, though, is second district took and went from pretty solid, probably more than plus three, Republican. The old second district, the old second district. that I used to chair in a yeah. different life. That now is half third district. Yeah. And that second district then included a whole other area that's definitely probably toss-up, maybe plus one right, down yeah. in the southwest the, area. The, and, you, and that uh, still was a huge Republican win. So there's some. They're not much. But not, they tried to make this redistricting in that way. It failed in some areas. It, it so didn't. they went the other route with like you no, said. No, no, I don't agree with you at all. I'm sorry. What I do you don't. mean? I don't agree with you the at guy all. The guy second district. I chaired the second district, I know it, but yeah. I'm not looking at district by district. When I look at the state of Michigan in total, it goes to Miles's point. They they picked up House seats, state house, they picked up state senate seats, and they picked up congressional districts. They did it through redistricting, and the whole thing was a sham. I was one of the people that spoke. And while I'm speaking to the to the folks that are making the decision, they're literally texting, they're cleaning their nails, one of them is asleep. They'd already made up their minds. Folks, we've got to take a break. I'm sorry, but we will be right back. All right. So listen, Lud, finish your point that you were making when I when I had to stop you. No, no, I agree with the redistricting thing being a very big issue, and it was definitely done with the intent that we've seen. But the problem is when we're talking about a plus three, that's usually within an error margin, and we picked really crappy candidates for those districts. The one who won the second district, which is now where I'm still at and you used to chair, shouldn't have been such an easy victory for that guy because of redistricting, as of what he is, what he did end up winning it. So it definitely goes back to redistricting was an issue, but it wasn't enough to end all be all. They had to do what you're saying, which is infiltrate, fund, pick crappy candidates, and continue to beat us down. Miles, any any uh, any points on this? Well, yeah. Uh, so, Lud, that w- that was exactly what I what I said. I wasn't pushing back on what Mike was saying. I was just trying to add on the fact that the Wicked Witch of the North had re redistrict the Whitmer Correctional Facility, so that just piled on even more challenges. Yeah, it was just so, like a w- counter one two punch, right? It, yeah, it, it, one two and three. So former, this is quotes former. Democrat Alexandria Taylor trying to hijack the Republican U.S. Senate primary, question mark. Major controversies about her radical liberal history remain unanswered. So I'm reading an article that was actually a blog writer posted it to the Mike Hewitt Show group on Facebook. Um, and and it's, a, it's a not a lengthy thing, but Romulus Democrat Alexandria Taylor now claims she is a Republican and she wants the GOP to give her the party's nomination for U.S. Senate. However, until recently, Taylor had no connection with the Republican um, politics whatsoever before donating to the Oakland County Republican Party last fall as she became a candidate for U.S. Senate. Now, this lady that we're talking about had previously 
ran as a Democrat and lost, and then ran as a Democrat endorsed, she's a lawyer by trade, then ran as a Democrat endorsed judicial candidate. I'm looking at, I'm looking at a picture of her and uh, Comrade Whitmer uh, somewhere in Lansing where this lady had done a fundraiser for Whitmer. So Miles Bauer, when I'm reading the story, story I'm thinking about yours and my many conversations about Reagan, who was a Democrat, and and how the left likes to tell the story about him supporting Truman. You recall that? Oh, yeah. The difference, though, is not two months, but 20 years passed. And by the way, Truman was far right of, of uh, FDR. Far right. Truman was a guy that, and I have to paraphrase, but the guy that said anyone getting rich in politics is a crook. Yeah. And, and that's not how Democrats talk nowadays. Well, even in uh, Bill O'Reilly's book, Killing Reagan, he talks about Reagan being the president of Screen Actors Guild yep. and was near, essentially forced to do some of these endorsements through his position. Right. So we've got a state party now where the chair in Michigan, elected by the by bylaws that have been established and put in place. And by the way, folks, just if, if you've not been involved in party politics, every incoming group of leadership in a party, be it county, district, or national or state, they want to tweak the bylaws. This person has decided though the, the bylaws are absolutely horrific. And so forget the fact that those bylaws were the mechanism that were used to elect her to that position. She's now decided that they're unacceptable and so she's going to ignore them and do as she wishes, including offloading her own co-chair. And the financial financial side of the state Republican Party now, compared to four years ago, at this point it had almost 900,000 uh, on hand four years ago, and now it's got way less than 100,000. And by the way, compliance is going to be an issue. Compliance meaning, are you making proper report to state and federal governments on the monies coming in and where they go? It's a train wreck in the making. And if I were a Democrat, a progressive, with a bucket full of dough, and I wanted to flip elections, and by the way, folks, this is about national elections. So if you're somewhere and you're thinking, I'm not in a purple state, I don't care, these are the mechanisms that will be keenly involved in who the next president of the United States is. So if, if you're in Tennessee thinking, hey, we got a supermajority in our state legislature, well, hang on to your hat, because Michigan does not. Neither does Arizona anymore. In several states that Georgia. we know, Georgia, that we now come, I think, by the way, I think that's a flippable. We can debate that. My only point is, is folks, when you're looking at some of these fascinating decisions, first off, I stand back and go, wow, who thinks that way? Who thinks that the rules... We don't like them. We just ignore them. Who thinks that way? The left thinks that way. I'm sorry. And by the way, the lady that I was reading about is a friend with our co-chair, our chair, the chair of the state party. Friends with, I, folks, the deeper you get into this onion, holy smokes, is it ugly. Jared, will you play that spot for us? Mike Hewitt here. How reliable is the American news industry? There can be no doubt that we have two different news streams. The larger of the two is leftist. In my opinion, fringe left. But the other is fringe right. Both left and right news streams sell sizzle, flash, sensationalism, and clickbait. Both report the news that best advance their editorial ideology rather than the news. 
Their agenda is obvious, both sides. They sell agenda-driven sizzle. Unfortunately, the effect of their effort is a polarized, divisive culture, tribalism, the establishment of fringe left and fringe right vanguards, like the evolution of how Americans shop from chuck wagon to the internet. It used to be 6 and 11 news and newspapers. Both are nearly history now, and cable news is fading quickly. All Americans, regardless of politics, should demand the creation of an unbiased news industry. We're better than what we're getting. Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You'll like it. Miles Bauer, did I sound a little naive with that clip? No. Huh. I, I got to tell you, when, I'm, when I was writing it, folks, I literally thought, this stuff is really obvious. But, yeah. b- but it isn't. And it isn't because it's allowed to be. So I don't know about how you folks live, but and I've talked about this before, so I apologize, folks, but I think it's critical. When I look at the state of the party, I cannot entirely blame it on Democrats. And when I look at the state of the country, cocaine in the White House, this is not a partisan statement. Cocaine doesn't belong in the White House. I wouldn't care who the president was. I don't need to be there. And I would be questioning the security of how it got there. That's how twisted up our culture has become. You know, where we're stealing is uh, equity balance. What? A prosecuting attorney in a major state, a county for a major state, said that's I'm not going to prosecute that because it's, it's wealth, it's wealth inequality that drives it, and this is, a, this is a balancing tool. You stole it from somebody. You robbed them in the middle of the night. Come on. That doesn't sound like America. But it doesn't sound like America, but when, and it goes to your time frame, Ludwig, when I start looking back, it goes by them. By the way, everybody, let me pick on Fox News for a minute. It goes back to when they got rid of the, the catchphrase of fair and balanced. I watched it because of that. And, 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 and I'm not just ragging on them, but that's when they sat and looked at that and thought, wow, we can make more money if we do this than that. And folks, I just I believe this passionately when I tell you, as a people, left and right, by the way, we're better than this. We... To make us exceptional. Even the folks that say, Mike, we're not. Okay, I'm not debating you. To make us exceptional takes the truth, the real news. I believe that passionately. Where do we get it? Because one of the things when you spring that fair and balanced thing is people would go, oh, you watch Fox. I'm like, it's fair and balanced. They bring on a Democrat. They bring on a Republican. I get to hear both sides. That's how it used to be. Exactly. So that's what my argument always was. And then they got rid of it. Where do you get the middle? I, I got to tell you, and I started to say it, and I got myself in a different line. And so, Miles, I'm going to go to you because you may be on a different track than this. But I don't watch the news on TV in my house anymore. I haven't turned in the news. I can't remember the last time I actually watched the news. Keeping in mind, Miles Bauer, there was a time when the news was per- perpetually on. It was full time. If the TV was on, that's what was the news. I haven't watched it in years because I don't want nonsense. So I'll look on the internet and I go to a handful of sources, left and right. When I see a story that I think makes a difference, I research it. So I don't want to hear it one time. I want to see it a minimum of three times from different sources. Oh, Mike, that takes too long. Yeah, it takes me almost 10 minutes. And is that an investment? Yes! It's an important one. And folks, left and right, if we did that, we'd change this country because this country is us. Miles down to one minute. Final final pearls of wisdom, sir. 
the only thing that I would add is that, and hating to go off uh, topic, is that, uh, as I've said in the past, we're not getting the real story about the U Ukraine. I don't think the Russians are getting the real story about the war in U Ukraine. We definitely aren't. The first casualty of war is the truth. Amen. Absolutely agree. And listen, that was a, an excellent point to, to end the show on, folks. He's exactly right. It's absolutely poppycock. Um, if you talk, I've got friends that were from the Russian, Russian Federation. They look at me like, no, that's not what we know. Well, nobody knows. That's a problem. Listen, folks, thank you very, very, very much for tuning in. Please be safe, and we will see you next week.